0: Hey, one more thing before you go. Anxiety, depression, conventional and non-conventional treatments. Does this sound familiar to you? How would your life change if you had a guidebook with the coping mechanisms, the treatments, and the relief strategies that could help you through the day? Stay tuned. You're going to hear the journey of a young man who experienced severe depression, anxiety, and frustration in suffering from these types of challenges, and how he created a unique approach to managing his mental health, which might help you manage yours. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is that thing about the D-Day approach to depression relief. my guest in this episode is Zach Rutledge. He's an ACE certified personal trainer, a fitness nutrition specialist, and a brain health trainer educated through the Functional Aging Institute. He has a black belt in karate, and he's practiced yoga for almost a decade. He holds a Master of Arts from the American University in Washington, D.C., and is currently a clinical therapist candidate for grad school. He's also learning to be a yoga teacher and has been helping people with their mind, body and soul for years. Zach is on a mission to help everyone fighting depression after years of struggling with depression himself and he created the official Depression Relief Playbook with strategies and tools to help you overcome your anxiety, depression and your suffering. Welcome to the show.
1: Michael, thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor. You
0: know, this is, this is going to be a fantastic conversation. I think that uh, your journey to getting to writing this book um, is not necessarily from a clinical perspective, but more from a personal perspective. It was,
1: yeah, it's absolutely experiential for, uh, for better and for worse. So it's one of those things where I, um, it was really important for me to make it count for something, making all that, everything I went through. Really make account count for something and it wasn't until COVID hit that i kind of had the idea well you know people have been reaching out to me they they knew i had been through some tough times and people were reaching out to me um hey you know how did you get through you know x y and z when you were younger uh because i'm having a really tough time with COVID, or even before that people were reaching out to me because they were having a tough time in grad school and what i did was i would uh write emails to people and I would explain to them some things I did and how I got through it. And I would joke that, well, one day I'm going to write a book about this. And <laughs> invariably, they would lose the emails. They would forget about what we talked about. So I said, you know what? It's we're six months into COVID, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write this book. So I, I, I did it within a month. And uh, it's been one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. It's, it's been, um, it, like I said, it made it feel like everything I had gone through kind of counted for something. And um, and it's been really really rewarding getting the emails and uh, the, the random text messages on how this book has really helped. So it's it's been interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty cool journey. I mean, it's obviously you're 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 in it for the long run because you're getting a clinical therapist certification. So you're obviously in yeah. it for the long run. Let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up?
1: I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, I still live in New Jersey. It's, it's a it's a Great place to be. I live by the beach now, so that's always nice. And uh, I had a pretty quote unquote normal childhood. So that is to say, there were no capital T traumas, right? So my parents loved me and we had, you know, plenty of money. I mean, we weren't wealthy by any means, but we, we were fine. Everything was stable. And um, it was great. And it, and it wasn't until um, the summer after high school, and I, I call it the perfect storm. Um, where my best friend was killed. Um, my karate school closed down. So I, I had lost that social kind of um, network there, for lack of a better term. Um, my, obviously, I was leaving high school, so I lost that social interaction there. And um, it, it's, it's tough to explain, but it, it's, there tends to be this trend with people in their late teens, early 20s, where for a lot of people, they go through this internal, um, shift. And I absolutely went through that shift. It wasn't just the experience of my friend, losing my friend. It was all at the same time where I kind of went through this shift of, um, it felt like all the colors kind of drained out of my world. And I keep looking up because I'm trying to visualize this and and trying to put it into words. Uh, But if you haven't been through depression, um, it's, it's hard to understand, but that's the best way I can put it. It's almost like everything went from color to black and white. And um, I didn't feel the same sense of joy anymore, no matter what I did. So, you know, cut to now. Um, it, like we were kind of saying before, the whole idea is I I, I kind of went back and I, I remembered, well, what are the small things I did over... A decade or so that really got me back on my feet because it was tough. it was a very dark time um, again, if, if you haven't been through depression, it, it can be pretty hard to understand this, but there were some real serious chemical issues going on
0: yeah well and realistically, like you made comment a little bit ago that you had everything pretty much like what what most society would believe is a normal childhood a normal childhood not dysfunctional you didn't have alcoholic parents you didn't have a no. broken family you didn't have something that would uh like poverty level or something that would typically put people into a depressive mode um you you had a relatively normal childhood
1: absolutely i i really did um uh, and that almost made me feel guilty because i was going through this depression and i was like well what the heck's wrong with me i you know i I have the ability to go to college if i want i I didn't go through any uh abuse or anything like that, so that it actually I, I carried some guilt around that too
0: yeah that that's it would be kind of a unique introspect into why um why depression shows up, but it's also a valid, a valid valuable point that depression could anybody at any time at any age for a multitude of reasons they don't have to necessarily be from a dysfunctional family or an environment that you're raised in absolutely yeah yeah that's pretty that's interesting so you had the opportunity to go to college i know that you're in college now um had you always wanted to go into clinical therapy i mean i, I realized that you're all you're a trainer in in and interesting enough i want to talk more about the the brain training if, if you don't mind so i can understand what that is but what would you want to be when you grew up?
1: I didn't know. Um, so I, I went to college right after high school and, and during that tough time and I had to drop out and I didn't know what my major was. I I was just kind of taking the, the core classes uh, and it took me a while to get back into school. It, I ended up in film and television because I just liked being around the people and working as a team and I liked um, the creative aspects things like that. But, and you know, this, we spoke briefly, it's fair, you know, I think we can say that we spoke briefly before the show and um, you were in martial arts and, and you know what it's like, you have this subtle drum going inside of you. And I, and in a lot of martial arts, you kind of tap into that. And I, I from my martial arts, I knew there was a subtle something just kind of pushing me along um, and a lot of it, and I, and I knew, I knew if I really sat down and listened to myself, I wanted to get to become a therapist. Um, but like a lot of people, the noise in my head got in the way. I dropped out of my martial arts. I wasn't into yoga yet. And I was just kind of doing the quote unquote normal thing, just kind of chasing money, chasing a, a, a normal career. And, and I had all those, those self-doubts as well, you know, like, oh, I'm not smart enough for this kind of thing or, or whatever it is. That's not for people like me when, what the heck does that even mean? (laughs) So, um, and also I was, I was in my twenties and I was still a little bit of a wreck to be honest. And it wasn't until I kind of cleaned myself up and really got my, my, my head back on straight, um, that I was like, you know. Uh, I need to do this. And, and that's what, right. you know, here I am, I'm almost 40 years old and I'm, uh, back in grad school.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I went back to school at 51. So don't, don't let that stop you. <laughs> right on. I, I think we can learn at any age. And I think that uh, everybody should take the opportunity to jump at that chance if they have it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah. So what, what was the, when did you first notice or when did you first, um, maybe, uh, were aware that you were suffering from depression of some type?
1: That's an interesting question because now looking back, I could see things kind of chemically popping up, uh, throughout my teens. And, um, but you know, when you're, when I was a teenager at at the very least, I was so wrapped up in my own world. I You know i didn't i i couldn't put my finger on what what it actually was i just thought i was a moody musician i uh, i didn't know what what was going on
0: i I understand that that works
1: (laughs) yeah and looking back now it makes sense And and it wasn't again until when my friend when my best friend died that was a pretty big catalyst that was i think the what unveiled it to everyone else now i say to everyone else because i was blaming it on the circumstances Uh, I don't think it was necessarily just the circumstances and, um, it didn't take, it it took me probably about another two years before I recognized, Hey, nothing's getting better. I, I think this is, this is some serious stuff going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, we all just for the record, everybody at some point in their life suffers depression at some point. It could be for anything like loss and, you know, um, you can do, you can lose. None, it could be from your job loss. It could be from the love loss. From from your heartache. From your parents' loss. From somebody dying. Losing a pet. Everybody experiences depression at some point in time, and it's normal. It's a normal human emotion. So you step that up when when it like you, know, you keep saying the chemical word. There's a chemical imbalance yeah. sometimes within your brain that doesn't quite work right. Can you help us understand that?
1: Yeah, well, I would like to add to what you just said, because while we, we all do go through um, de- depressive times, um, I would call that grief. And grief is something you have to go through. Right. Grief is something we all go through and we have to. That's a mountain we all have to climb. Now, you can delay it. You can self-medicate. Uh, but at some point, you have to go through um, the grief and climb the mountain. And, um, depression, I would categorize it as something a little bit different just because it's the inability to ever get over that mountain, if that makes sense. Um, or once you've been through the grief, (laughs) you're, you're still, there's still something else going on again. It's, it's, it's ephemeral. It's, it's tough to put words to, but yeah, so we're all going to go through tough times. I mean, that's really the bottom line here, but, um, um, depression can, um, almost has a different flavor. And I talk about that in the book, how depression has different flavors. And I, I should note, note that as well. Now, back to your, your chemical uh, question, it, one thing that's interesting is with the chemicals, um, it felt like it's a different flavor than let's say um, losing a grandparent. okay. That uh, most of us have gone through that very tough time. Um, Some of us have lost parents. Absolutely a tough time. Um, But it's a different feeling than that bottomless pit. Uh, And it's that bottomless portion that in in a way, I'm I'm glad you brought this up. And that's funny. Nobody's ever asked me. Nobody's ever put it like this before, but it's, it's one of those things where if you're wondering, if you have depression cuz you you can't really find a way to phrase it uh then you most likely have it. So I'm actually glad you brought that up. Yeah, because it's you if you if you if you don't identify it as grief, then then most likely it's depression. And then um um it's time to start taking maybe some some different approaches as opposed to the traditional just talk your way through it or uh what have you? traditional ways of getting through grief. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that I brought it up for for that reason in particular because we have, as we said prior to this uh, this conversation, um, I've got family members that have uh, experienced depression and are currently being treated for depression. In regards to that, mm. and it took a little bit of that uh, cognitive uh, approach to understand that that deep hole that you're talking about, and that it is not just. A simple thing. It's not just, okay, well, my grandfather died, my mother died, my father died. I I'm still grieving over that. Grief and depression um can be one and the same, as my kids my kids have said, can be one of the same, or once you get to that point where you you're in this hole where you don't know how to get out of it or where to go from, you know, you need to look for solutions and answers. And I think you found some to help you manage and cope with yours, right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, and it and it took it took a long time. Like I said, it wasn't until about that two year mark where I started to find things that worked. I thought I was a lost cause when I was eighteen years old, nineteen years old. I thought that was it. I I honestly thought there was no hope for me, and it wasn't until, strangely enough, I was playing in in, um, in bands. I play bass. I was playing in bands, and the guys I was playing with were into working out. They were into lifting weights, and I. Fitness was just something for me that was like a byproduct of martial arts, and I had fallen out of my martial arts practice, and um, just because I was around these guys, like, yeah, I'll I'll put on some muscle now. <laughs> to put things into context, I'm five foot nine and I'm 170 pounds, and I'm a personal trainer. Now, that is to say, I'm not carrying around a lot of extra weight or unneeded weight, right? But it's not, nothing remarkable there, right? Five nine, one seventy. At the time, when I was 19 years old, 5'9", 124 pounds. So, it putting it, on muscle makes was... makes a significant uh,
0: difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, putting on that muscle was uh, sorely needed, let's say. Because uh, if I had gotten sick, there was nowhere to go. Right. Um, yeah. So, putting on that muscle uh, was not only needed, but it was fun. And it was something that I could see. It was a physical difference i could see not only that i was learning and i was in bed interested reading you know bodybuilding magazines and like and that was the very first little brick and i talk about it in the book as little bricks like your first brick because um um i don't think that there's a silver bullet and i apologize to your viewers and we've talked about this before my screen's going in and out i'm at work right now full disclosure so i don't know i don't know what that's about but uh, um there is no silver bullet I, I, I like to come at it from every angle. And if something works 5%, great. Something else works 5%, great. So what I try to do is get everybody doing all of it. And um, obviously, you can't do all of it all at once. So we go one brick at a time. So for me, that first brick was working out. And then we just kind of built from there.
0: Yeah, it's. I, I agree with you. I think you need to take one. It's like taking one step at a time. When I was working my way out of a wheelchair, you know, you have to take that first step before you can take the second step to take the third step yeah. and keep moving forward. Because if you don't take the first step, you can't... If you if you take the third step, as I was told, you're going to trip and fall. And then you're mm-hmm. gonna start all over again. So yeah, that's an interesting approach, I think. How did you start And imagine-
1: to, I'm Sorry. Sorry to cut you off, but imagine even just the mindset of somebody saying to you, okay, walk around this hospital. Well, hold on a minute here. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot to wrap your head around. But if you say walk this first step and all you're worried about is that one step, that hyper focus, that micro goal. There we go. Because you can't walk around a building in, in one shot. It's one step at a time. That's just the way the universe works, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure you use that in your training, your personal training as, as well. Huh. Everybody's gotta, yeah. Everybody that comes to you has to take that first step.
1: And everybody that comes to me, is overwhelmed and wants to lose 50 pounds in one day or they want to do you they know are, whatever it is they want to do yeah.
0: <laughs> it's that instant gratification we want that instant gratification <laughs>
1: yeah and and then they get overwhelmed and i'm like guys hey let's start with doing one push-up before we worry about being able to do 100 right so
0: yeah similar yeah, i used yeah. to i used to call when i was um i was five nine and um, at my optimal, I was 170 pounds. But at one time, I was 190 when my wife was pregnant. I call it empathy. What do they call it? Empathy <laughs> eating? <laughs> right, right. Well, all that extra stuff I kept telling everybody was just stored muscle for later use. <laughs> so that, that's There what you that go. Was. There you go. But, you know, then I took the first step, and went back down to 170, and we were good. It, it's all good. So how did you get into um, brain health? So, um, I, I became a personal
1: trainer first and I was working with other clients. And then through that, there's a little, um, uh, specialization in, in nutrition, which I got that. And that was great. And I was talking to people about nutrition and, uh, this was just in the very beginning of COVID meeting with people about nutrition, uh, through zoom, because that was what I could do at the time. And we weren't talking about nutrition. These people were talking about things that were uh, a little um, um, didn't have much to do with the quality of their food. So I said, "Oh, maybe maybe they want something else here." So um, I I stumbled across this functional aging institute who uh, they're amazing and they do this this brain training certification. So I started with that and and I and I hoped that doing this brain training stuff could bring like another element of quote unquote fitness, but just the mm-hmm. overall health. I want to bring this, this overall health to these people. Um, and th- this is kind of a two part answer here. So it wasn't exactly what I was looking for and we can get into that later. However, what I did get was this, uh, this, um, not, well, I learned that, your brain isn't static and that sounds silly to say, but your brain's not static and it's not a steady decline. You can actually rebuild your gray matter and white matter and make, uh, you know, increase your brain density, um, increase your, uh, um, or have angiogenesis, which is more brain vessels or uh, blood vessels in your Hmm. brain. And you can um, actually make real changes, um, which was so exciting. that wow i can work with people who have had let's just say um serious concussions or people who have had um any kind of type of serious injury or or even people who had substance abuse issues who did real damage to their brain and and i i worked with a woman just as an example she lost her balance we and we built her balance back that's pretty cool oh that's pretty cool so uh yeah it was pretty cool and you know, and I, and I could go on forever about it. I actually just taught a class about this. So I, I, I'll stop myself, but I will tell you this. Um, if you want to improve your brain health, I, I, of course, I, I, I ask everyone to work on their balance, things like that. And believe it or not, start juggling. Juggling is so good for your brain and it sounds silly and you're going to stink at it at first. And that's okay. You get the growth out of learning how to juggle, not being able how to juggle. So, start juggling, learning how to juggle, really great for your brain. Um, Of course, there's the eating healthy and and staying hydrated and things like that. Um, But, and I'll give you one more. Uh, Have you ever heard of pickleball?
0: Actually, no, I have not heard of pickleball. Okay. Is there anything like a
1: pickleball? It's like like miniature tennis or giant ping pong. Okay. And it's all the rage. (laughs) It's all the rage and what, it is so good yeah it is so good for your your brain health i mean ping pong is very good for brain health as well but pickleball you're standing up and you're getting your heart rate up which is which is of course good for your brain and that coordination pickleball look at look it up guys i'm gonna have <laughs> to look at just time
0: just like yeah. you don't, don't have to smack a pickle around it'll be it'll be good no for. no no <laughs> uh it'll be good yes it will uh did you does something like that help with uh like Lewy body dementia or dementia Alzheimer's or anything like that
1: the the research is still new um right now it it, their research is more on uh staving it off um
0: which is a good thing obviously do do you think that um does that help with mental health rehabilitation from that perspective do you think that that would help somebody to through like uh maybe changing cognitively changing their depression or or bipolar or anything along that line or adhd
1: the the everything is still cutting edge so this my my that's my caveat is everything is still on the edge i'm going to say yes experientially
0: yes yeah we're, neither uh, one from, of us are well, doctors just as a disclaimer right. neither, this is just an opinion and we're just discussing this from a perspective of Theoretical, uh, in, in what the possibilities exist in regard to, yes. you know, advancements within this industry. I think that uh, that would be amazing. Actually, um, we took care it's, of it. It's pretty.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. There's a delay here. Right. Um, it, it's it's really exciting, um, and one of the secrets. And and I don't want to hold you up on this because, like I said, I could talk about this forever. Yeah. But the um, one of the the big components is getting your heart rate up as you work on mental exercises, or as you work on coordination exercises, is getting your heart rate up at the same time. So you're working your brain and your body at the same time, essentially, and you're getting that blood flow in there. Uh, Really cool cutting edge stuff. All signs point to yes, but it's just like when you buy like a can of nuts that say these nuts may be good Mm -hmm. for your health. They can't say definitively because, and I'm actually taking a course in this right now. Let's just say uh, you take a supplement like um, glucosamine, okay? And glucosamine may help with joints. Uh, but, uh, it sounds like a lazy answer, but it's very true. Everyone is different. So glucosamine only works for 80% of people. So they can't come out and say glucosamine works for everybody or, or it's definitively proven to do this because it's only going to work for 80% of people. So I think that's, it it could be the same thing with this brain health stuff where it's going to work for a lot of people and they're not quite ready to come out and make a blanket statement.
0: Yeah. Well, I can absolutely say from my own personal journey and the fact that yeah, you know, my listeners and viewers also know this, mind, body, and soul are 100% oh, yes. effective in moving you forward and achieving more than what you think you can achieve. I learned that practicing Aikido and Kung Fu. And I learned that in my journey, getting out of a wheelchair, as everybody knows, and changing my nutrition, changing my habits, and so forth. And, you know, my my uh just because we're talking about depression you know members of my family have uh turned to more more healthy nutrition and Mm -hmm. turned to meditation and to yoga and it has helped them alleviate um reduce and or alleviate the medication that they're on in regard Mm -hmm. to their depression so i I wholeheartedly believe in in mind, body soul and in those cutting edge things moving forward in life or at least Absolutely, in and
1: and yeah, of course. And why not give it a shot, right? When there's no downside, why not give it a exactly. shot? At the very least, let yourself have some fun here, you exactly. know. Because we, you know, our society says fun is an optional thing, or it's or it's superflu- superfluous. It's not should be Fun's mandatory a necessity. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's yeah, it should mandatory. be mandatory. I'm with <laughs> you there. Yeah, time to have fun stop what you're doing do it now (laughs) i'm with you i am with you it would be great so and you're in your particular journey in in getting to uh some solutions for depression and for helping you through your journey and in turn helping others through theirs how did you develop the tools that you did and can you tell us about some of the uh um the techniques and the 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 tools basically that we can use
1: yeah Sure. Well, you know, we we talked a little bit about the fitness stuff, which was just kind of works on a lot of different levels there because we're having the fun, we're learning, we're getting our bodies in order, and that's all great. Uh, and nutrition, of course, and and I, and I won't get so much into that. Um, I do keep it basic as far as nutrition. You know, a modified, um, um, I guess, um, Mediterranean diet. You know, it, it, nothing crazy here. We're not we're not Paleo or anything, uh, but. And like I was saying before, how everyone's a little bit different. I, I first ask people to get um, an allergy test um, because if you're causing any kind of inflammation, that may be contributing to your depression as well. It sounds crazy, but there are some doctors out there who think depression is actually uh, one of the symptoms of, of inflammation. Um, either way, it's good to get it done.
0: It's um, well, that, an interesting sorry, concept. Not not to interrupt you, but that's really an interesting concept. That's the first time that I've heard that. I'm going to explore that a little bit more myself.
1: Yeah. So, so just get it done because even if not, you're going to get yourself feeling a little bit better because you're not going to be as inflamed, or your gut's going to be a little bit better. Another, another slightly more popular um, idea is that the depression is more directly related to gut health. And so, believe it or not some people are actually prescribing probiotics because their gut health isn't quite in order. So if we get those bad foods out of there and we get all that good stuff like the probiotics into our gut, um, and <laughs> I'm hitting you with a lot of kind of trivia here, but we actually create 95% of our serotonin in our gut, not in our brain. Uh, so and that helps getting that sweet. gut health. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a myriad of benefits. So, so getting your gut health in order is just an important thing. Now, before I forget, another just as important thing is getting our our, um, supplements in order. Now, you may be one of the lucky few who don't need any supplements. I, like I said, I'm in New Jersey, and most of us are low in vitamin D, or at least I was. I I was so low in vitamin D, in fact, that I had little microscopic cracks in my neck, uh, because I wasn't getting enough sunlight. So I actually had to go on um, prescription vitamin D for a month. And now I'm just taking a regular supplement. Low vitamin D, not necessarily causation, but there's a correlation. Low vitamin D, depression. Um, Things like low uh, levels of omega-3 fatty acids. You're going to want to grab some of those, whether it's fish oil or flaxseed oil. Things like that. Again, really good for your brain health. Now, of course, this isn't, like we said, this isn't all of it, but it's some of it. Some of it. And if we can stack yeah. these things, if you if you can get the food in order, the supplements in order, the fitness in order, the meditation in order, get all these things in order first before we start heading for um um you know the the quote unquote bigger guns like yeah. like medication. Because I I am medicated and but that was the very last thing I did. And in a way I'm happy because I had I sorted out all these other things first there and there's a few other things that we didn't talk about that i worked on first and then i when i finally got to the end of it i could have gone the rest of my life without the medication but i found that that was the final little uh step to kind of get me exactly where i wanted to be um so i don't think if i had just taken the medication that would have really gotten me there i think mm-hmm. it's a uh, again and I, I keep saying it but it keeps being true. There's no silver bullet. It, it when you when you come at it from all these different angles, you're overall just going to make your life a little bit better, a lot better.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that you know integrating up a variety it's just like mixing eastern medicine and western medicine. There's things in eastern absolutely. medicine that I wouldn't do. There's things in eastern medicine I do participate in. I get acupuncture, I do herbs, I do different things to manage my rheumatoid arthritis and my health. From that perspective, because I believe in it. But at the same time, I also know that I need Western medicine to help me over certain factors that, that affect my inflammation as well. So it's a combination of, of both the holistic or Asian. I mean, it's like it being in it. Like I told you before, I give a master's degree in interdisciplinary studies. That was a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. Taking it all together, combining it into a solution or an answer right in the middle utilizing all these other disciplines in what belongs to them is kind of the same theory that you're talking about.
1: Uh yes. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad you said that. And we're lucky now to live in this age where we have access to all this information. And it's not taboo to be, you know, yoga is not something for weird people sitting yeah. in a room chanting for, Hippies. you know, whatever the con Yeah, yeah. You know, I do I am I'm a yoga teacher now and I'm, you know, I'm not uh I'm not a hippie. You're not a hippie. <laughs> Although no. I am wearing i
0: right now yeah <laughs> that, well well that a wee little bit of hippie <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, there you go. <laughs> i think we all have just a wee little bit of hippie in us <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's my sister was a hippie i i grew up obviously i'm an advanced age uh i grew up in the 60s and 70s so um i went through that little era but i had my long hair for a little while and then <clears throat> then i grew up and said I don't know what the heck I was, I was thinking. And now I can't stand it until I get a haircut, see? So my dad would be proud if he was still here. <laughs> He'd be going, I told you it's better, see? It's like, well, you know, back to where you told me to do it. That's why. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so in regard to the, the book, would, what uh, I know you said COVID. You had the time to sit back and write the book. Um, I think we all had some extra time. On our hands when COVID hit because it transformed what the new normal was. Do you think depression and so forth may have exploded during that time period because it made us all stop and think of what we thought was normal maybe really wasn't normal and then once we stopped and put the brakes on we found a new normal?
1: Yeah now I don't know that's a good question. I don't know if if there was an uptick in depression or if it was just people recognizing they weren't happy (laughs) because they finally had the chance to slow down Uh, it's an interesting thing to think about I I didn't really concern myself with with that too too much because either way what the issue was I just want to help it that was kind of my mission so whether they're realizing it or or it's it's an uptick okay well there's still work to do so I'm gonna do the work and that was just kind of how I came at it
0: well kudos for you for writing it you said you wrote it in a month
1: I did. It was such a like a a passion project. It, I wasn't expecting it to go so quickly. I wasn't expecting to write the book, but when I finally sat down to do it, um, it was very clear. I kept it very short. It's it's a short book. I there and I say it in the intro. There are no jokes. Every single sentence packs a punch. Uh, nothing is in there that doesn't belong there. Because I remember when I when I was going through depression, the last thing I wanted to do was sit down and read a book of three hundred and fifty pages. Yeah, uh, that, they, I want this to be like a yeah. This is a manual. I want this to be the manual that sits on somebody's bedstand that they're going to read before they go to bed every night or a few times a week, and that gives them that hope to move on.
0: And what kind of things do you have in this book? I mean, this I want to help people understand what kind of tools are in the book that can help them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I do go through. I, I break each chapter into I, I call them actionable objectives. Right. So I have, I, I had just like we talked about. I had the the, the physical part, like the training, um, the supplementation, the nutrition, and then I I have oh, and I, and I have some stuff on brain health as well, just because I love it. Um, meditation. I, I talk about. I feel like this is important. I talked about my honest um, experience with medication because when I was um, younger and thinking about the the idea of, of going on, on medication, I was scared. Um, I didn't know anyone else on it and, or at least if I did, I, I probably did, but they weren't being open about it. And what I had heard was, Oh, it changes your personality. You feel like a zombie. Um, you know, whatever. Once you're on it, you're on it forever. And none of that stuff was true. So, but I do give the downsides and, um, I do talk about this first couple of weeks, which were the hardest. And I do talk about the, um, insomnia at night, the tiredness during the day, but I give them my, my, my honest experience and how, Hey, just stick with it guys. Your body adapts and you're not stuck on this forever. If you ever want to come off, you just stop. And I, and I kind of answered the questions for myself. It was like, well, what questions would I want to ask if I were really looking into this? So I, I put that in there. Um, <laughs> I put, <laughs> I put a section in there believe it or not um, on, on clothing. And that sounds silly. um, But I remember driving to um, a job interview. I was deep in depression driving to a job interview. I would just gotten out of college and I was wearing a suit and a tie and some fancy coat and a fancy watch. And I bursted out crying on my way there. I didn't know why. And it wasn't until speaking of martial arts I went back to my, my meditation after this interview and everything and I was like what am I doing this isn't me and that's okay I'm not a suit and tie guy and that's okay um, so it, it it's really it's about finding kind of what works best for you and not being not being um, ashamed of that like uh, people were always pushing me to push to, to live that kind of like American dream life of having a, a Nine to five desk job well, that's not me. I felt guilty about it for a while, but that's okay. so I talk about that a little bit in the book too and and how um you know you were you were a police officer that's not like a quote unquote normal job that fit your personality, and that's cool too that that's not just uh, you know doing whatever normal people do working for pharmaceutical companies or whatever I don't know, but you followed your passion and I feel like that's important as well
0: yeah well, absolutely one hundred percent i mean it it's it is it takes a certain individual to be a, a cop. It takes a certain individual yeah. to be a paramedic, a fireman, a doctor, a nurse. Um, I mean, I—I I don't. Blood doesn't bother me. Uh, I've been to like a ton of accident you know, accidents. i investigated deaths, but I have no desire mm. to be a coroner. <laughs> Can't figure out why they like to dig in the middle of that. You know, just mm. it. But yeah, it's you have to find you and what works for yeah. you and what makes you happy. I think that's why. Um, back to back to what we said with COVID, you know, I forgot what they called it, and I probably should have written this down before we come on. Um, where the great resignation, I think that's what they called it. Four point yes. two million yes. people left their jobs to find something else because they just basically said, I'm not happy here, so I'm not doing it anymore. Wild, right? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. They find they recognized yeah. that this is not making me happy. I don't want to be here, so I'm gone. And and I grew up in an environment where, you know, like you had said earlier, I grew up going, you have to have a job, you have to do this, you have to work age five, you have to work that, blah, 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 blah. Well, becoming a cop changed that, blew that out of the water because we worked, you know, midnight shifts and swing shifts and day shifts. And, and that was a little bit different. But yeah, you go with that mentality and trying to slip out of it into something else sometimes is difficult, but 4.25. Million people did it during the mm. 2020 or 2021. Amazing. It is amazing. Pretty crazy. Absolutely. Um, how would you? What kind of tips would you give to people to recognize if they're going through depression? I mean, we just talked a little bit about it earlier. Yes, but is there anything else yeah. that you feel would stick out in your mind that uh, people can say? Hey, wait a minute. I need to stop and maybe think about getting some help or exploring my thoughts a little more. Note, <clears throat> excuse me,
1: note the happy times, so note um I'm trying to think about it, like parties or weddings. I know there's not too too much of that going on right now, but if you note the happy times, or you know even just laughing during a joke, does I feel like now depression is a little bit different for everybody, but for me, it felt like yeah, part of me was laughing, and part of it felt like an anchor pulling me down at the same time. Note when you cry, so when my best friend died, I, I had this little epiphany, let's say this tiny epiphany where I, I realized at one point I was crying for myself and not for him Mm. and note things like that. I, I wasn't crying about, about losing my friend. I was crying about myself being so, so miserable. It's like, Hmm, that might be something there. Um, so really it's just, it's just, Develop that awareness to take the snapshots here and there and kind of uh, explore those a little bit deeper. Uh, like I said earlier, if you're wondering if you have depression, you most likely do mm-hmm. <laughs> some form of it at least. And the nice thing is I actually had a really nice uh, compliment. I, I i um I'm working with a few therapists who who give this book to people, and they were reading it, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, this book would be really good for anybody, not just people with depression. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, thanks." It was really nice. So that's, that's yeah,
0: good,
1: so yeah. at the very, yeah, it was, it was really cool. So, you know, start taking care of yourself anyway. Uh, even if you're, even if you're, if you're wondering if you do or not, well, start taking care of yourself. It's only going to help.
0: Well, like we said, mind, body, soul, mind, body, soul is yeah. healthy for you. No matter what state you're in, mind, body, soul yeah. is always a good thing. Keep Absolutely. I completely agree. Let's talk a little bit about where we can find your book.
1: Yeah, so I, I feel halfway guilty, but I um, I eat my own dog food, as I say. So I have pretty much dropped off of social media, and and you can email me, and that's fine, uh, and that's pretty much the only way to get me now. The book is only on Amazon. I've I've really simplified my life, and it's only made me happier. I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm done with social media for a while, but um, Amazon's it, and it's just called the Official Depression Relief Playbook, and my name is Zach Rutledge, and um, and I'm, I'm happy to take any emails. I do correspond with quite a few people and, and I'm happy to give any kind of t- tips or any kind of insight or anything I can do to help. Um, like I was saying before, this is a passion project and I, I feels like it's my mission at this point in my life. I, I really, I, I, um, I'm not in this to make a bunch of money. You know, that's what I, I work for money. You know, this is, I, I just want to help people with this.
0: That's an outstanding opportunity for you to help people with this. So Thank you for writing it thank you for putting it out i'll make sure that everything is in the show notes and on the website that web page that's dedicated to our interview right here and uh i'll make sure that they've got your email contact as well and the uh, link to the book so that they can i can buy it
1: yeah i sincerely appreciate it thank you
0: um zach thank you very much for sharing your journey with me i really appreciate uh, what you've been through and where you're at right now and being honest and open with uh, what you have gone through and the fact that uh, you had suffered from depression, but you manage it now with some fantastic tools that you helped create. So, thank you. No, thank you again. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com.